Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific markets are trading mixed this morning. It's a holiday-shortened week in the United States. The markets were only open for half a day of trade yesterday, and they're closed this evening for 4th of July, U.S. Independence Day celebration. So to all our American listeners out there, happy 4th of July. Joining me now as we break down all the market action is... Good morning, Ryan Huang. I want a holiday as well, Michelle. All right, there you go. <laughs> Granted. <laughs> Are you doing anything today? Um, well, it was youth day yesterday. Uh-huh. And I think for many parents, they had to grapple with kids at home. Um, my kid was sick, so I had to take out my kid. So that took up quite a bit of my me time. Uh, but the good news is she's back into the pink of health oh, for fantastic. now. So uh, that's something to look forward to. That's good. I'm glad that she's feeling better. I hear a bug is going around, but good to know little one's up and about. Uh, tomorrow, I'll be spending time with some American friends over at AmCham. All Look right. To meeting Sounds you like a celebration. Yeah, it is. Fireworks. I hope so. <laughs> I'm game. All right, let's take a look at what investors are talking about this morning. Eight minutes past nine on the clock. Investors may be repositioning their portfolios this week as the third quarter of the year kicks off. Yesterday, Ryan, I asked you to describe the first half of the year for global equity markets in just one word. And you chose tech. I remember. Ah, yes. Thanks for reminding me. (laughs) Yes. And I said surprising, largely because tech shares have done so well. Today, I'm going to put the same question to you, modified. We're going to focus on the Singapore market. Ryan, what is your one word to describe the first half year for Singapore equities? Yeah, it's blah a word. (laughs) B-L-A-H. It is a word. Yeah, I'll go with blah because it's down. (laughs) 1.4%, 1.4%, the STI down 1.4% in the six months past. And this is in contrast to what US markets are pushing. And if you look at NASDAQ alone, there's up more than 30%. So what's going on, STI? That is an interesting choice, Ryan. Blah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I could choose boring as well. The Straits Times Index seems to have hardly budged, particularly of late. Or I could choose predictable as the STI jumped during the first quarter of the year and then gave back its gains just as it has several times before. But no, I am not going to go with either of those. I'm going to go with yields mm. because real estate investment trusts continue to draw investors into the market. In fact, if we take a closer look at S-REITs, they lag behind other blue chips in June. The IHS REIT index made some marginal gains, uh, but it was still in the red for the year. That said, many S REITs are offering yields that are better than CPF interest rates. My gold standard. Mm-hmm. Ryan, give us a few examples. Yeah, and those um, CPF interest rates for reference are around 2.5%. So if you can invest your money somewhere that beats that, you are in good shape. So taking a look at some of the options out there, mm. among them... You have the likes of CDL Hospitality Trust or CDLHT. And this is a trust with an AUM of around $3.1 billion. And as the name suggests, CDL is um, something that will benefit from the recovery in the hospitality sector, the tourism sector. And when you talk about tourism, you can't not mention what's coming up, all the concerts and also all the recovery in many markets. So more people coming to Singapore is going to be good news for the likes of CDL Hospitality Trust. And if you look at another name we can check out, and oh, by the way, um, the trailing distribution per unit for CDL 
Hospitality Trust is about 4.7%. Maple Tree Logistics Trust is another REIT you can check out, and that is a focus on logistics. And it has a bit of a diversified portfolio across eight countries, 185 properties. And the thing about logistics, it is a bit of a backbone for the economy these days. And it is possibly something that you can bet on in the long term. Mm -hmm. So this is also in view of how it is looking to acquire more properties in China as well as other places like Hong Kong. And in recent weeks and months, it's been buying up stuff in Japan, Australia and South Korea. So it is broadening its portfolio. So that means revenue streams are going to expand. And units of MLT have been yielding. 5.5%. 5.5%. Wow. So pretty impressive. Indeed. One company on our better than CPF yield list is Keppel DC REIT. Now, it's worth noting that Keppel DC REIT was dropped from the Straits Times Index last month, replaced by C-Trim. Uh, that used to be known as Semcorp Marine. Given the fact it's no longer a blue chip, what do you make of Keppel DC REIT, right? Yeah, um, not so great news. If you are watching Keppel DC REIT, of course, the knee reaction typically is um, a bit of a slump after being kicked out of an index because it reduces the visibility and the mandate from funds to buy into it because it's no longer part of the wider index. So you don't get as much volume as before. So that is typically the knee-jerk reaction in the short term. So if you are a longer-term investor, then you might want to look at the longer-term fundamentals. Mm. So you can argue things are still the same. It's cosmetic when you think about it being shuffled around on various indexes. If the fundamental story behind Capital DC is still there and you believe in it, then the correction in the near term is a good entry point. And if you look at Capital DC Read, data centers is a long-term play if you consider how everyone's been jumping on the AI bandwagon all these chatbots are going to need data crunching and they'll need data centers. So it has a good position in riding the next growth wave. All right. Speaking of growth, have you noticed the number of huge megastars heading towards Singapore? Jackie Chung, Taylor Swift. Singapore becoming a real regional concert hub and superstar magnet. Coldplay will perform to sold-out crowds for six nights in January. Taylor Swift also booked out for six shows. She'll be here in March. Swifties across Southeast Asia are debating why is it that Singapore is the only venue in Southeast Asia that Taylor Swift is going to be visiting? That's a whole other show. But these bo- these shows really could be a big boost to hospitality REITs, Ryan. Tell us more. Yeah, they should rename the Sports Hub to Concert Hub because <laughs> everyone's going there. And I am looking at possibly even more because it seems like this is the place for the action to be. If you look at all the big names you've mentioned, a lot of sold-out concerts. And when you think about it being one of the few locations in Southeast Asia, sometimes the only location in Southeast Asia, you have... Indonesians, Malaysians, Thai tourists coming to Singapore. Mm. And they're not just going to be coming for the concert. They're going to come in, spend a few days, go to the other attractions, walk around, spend on F&B. It will all have multiplier effects. And this is where the hospitality REITs come in because of the hotels. They will need some place to stay. Mm -hmm. And CGS CIMB is expecting them to be a beneficiary. So 
possibly lifting DPU or distribution per unit of these REITs by up to 1.5% in FY2024. Are you heading for any of these concerts? Um, I'm, I'm definitely a Swifty. So I'll see whether I can get my hands on some Good seats. luck, Michelle. <laughs> Maybe you can invite her to your show and then you've got your own private concert. Hey, you never know. If you don't ask, you don't get. That's my motto. You never know. Let's turn now to Japan. Yesterday on the show, we talked about how Japanese stocks are having a real banner year. The Nikkei up 28% since January, thanks in part to high dividend payments, more share buybacks, and also interest from high-profile investors like Warren Buffett. And it looks like Japan is cashing in on this interest. It's actually launching a new index that's quite similar to the S&P 500. Ryan has the details. Tell us more. Uh, Yes, so another index gives another reference point for investors to check out and this makes it easier for them to identify what to buy. Mm. In this case, identifying corporate value in the equity market. So we are looking at the new JPX Prime 150 Index and this curates a list of 150 constituent listings on the Tokyo Exchange and it can be quite mind-boggling if you are an investor trying to figure out what to buy. So here's a bit of a short list for you, so to speak. And it includes the likes of tech giants like Sony Group, Hitachi, Nintendo, and you mentioned Warren Buffett. He bought into the likes of trading houses Murabeni, Itochu, and Mitsui & Co. and more. Uh, the index notably excludes your big boys in the automotive industry like mm. Toyota Moto and Nissan Moto. So that's just for some reference, but otherwise you've got some of the big names in the exchange. And this Prime 150 Index constitutes about half of the Japan stock market. So you can be looking at some of the big names and quality names as well uh, if you are choosing from this basket. Very useful index. If we take a deeper look at this, Japan's equity gains haven't been quite as strong as they appear at first glance. That's because the yen has fallen about 10% against the US dollar since the beginning of the year. Now, there's talk that Bank of Japan may intervene to prop up the yen among some sectors of analysts that I've spoken with, not overall. But that really hasn't stopped the currency's depreciation. What's the latest here? Yeah, so this has been... A currency that's been under pressure for quite some time. And that's been beneficial actually for the stock market. And to give you some reference, the Nikkei 225 is up nearly 30%. And it, the topics is near its highest levels in more than three decades mm. because a cheaper yen makes Japan's exports theoretically more competitive. So that gives some um, boost to the Japanese stocks. And Going back to the currency, we've been seeing the Japanese currency under pressure partly because of the fight for um, well, more inflation. The Japanese authorities have been trying to elevate inflation to some st- extent um, because it's been struggling with slumps in wage growth. Things are just not getting high enough. Mm. So that's the conundrum that has been weakening the Japanese yen. And now if you look at the latest numbers, it's around 144 versus the greenback. People have been trying to draw lines to where it might go. And it looks like right now, 145 is the next level. So it is um, possibly looking at the Japanese policymakers starting to look at how low it might get in future because if it gets too weak, 
Japanese businesses will also suffer because what they import into Japan to make what they need to make will also cost more. So that will hurt local business activities as well to some extent. So they're going to be very watchful of uh, how weak they're going to let the Japanese yen go. So to some extent, we are watching out for intervention from the BOJ to come on sometime this year. The US dollar currently trading around 144 yen. Are Japanese equities now worth a second look? I find out with Hughes Rialan. He's Chief Investment Officer, Head of Discretionary Portfolio Management over at Pictay Wealth Management. That's coming your way at about 10.05. Ryan, it's time for Up or Down. Are you ready? Let's go. Let's start with OCBC. All right, OCBC in the news because... Helen Wong, its group CEO, gave a speech at an event and summed up a couple of things for OCBC, outlining its growth plans, saying it's going to be speeding up those growth plans and aiming to deliver $3 billion in incremental revenue on top of the bank's current growth trajectory. So that's going to be music to the years for investors. Also, stepping up hiring plans, more corporate and commercial bankers and RMs as well to spot those plans. So you know where to go if you're looking for a banking job. So they are hiring to expand big time. Oh, OCBC has also indicated its regional expansion efforts are paying off. It expects to gross an additional $3 billion by 2025. This projection follows a banner first quarter. You'll remember the bank's earnings jumped nearly 40%. I'm giving OCBC an up as well. Uh, how's C looking in your book, right? All right, C Limited, the guys behind Shopee oh. and Garena. It's hard to not see Shopee around you these days. They're everywhere when it comes to advertisements and publicity. Even I started shopping on Shopee. <laughs> Even you, Michelle. Even me. I'm they a late, have got you. Late, uh, you know, um, adopter. What are you cutting out these days or looking at? Uh, the deals. They have all sorts of interesting deals. I, I hear just bought these shopping uh, for an Apple iPad. wireless Macs. Oh, <laughs> a little bird told you that. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay. Not. So they have been benefiting, benefiting from the likes of shoppers like you. So that is why TBS Group Research is saying C is set to benefit from sharp growths across its e-commerce and fintech business. So they yeah. believe... There is more for C to grow and they expect C to register an earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation and amortization or EBITDA uh, at a CAGR of 27% between 2022 and 2025. Pretty good numbers, 27%. So this notably is in the face of intensifying competition. I'm not sure if you checked out TikTok shop. I have. I've even bought a mic from TikTok wow, shop. Wow, this is something new to me. I didn't know TikTok had a shop. So this is a fast-growing part of the e-commerce business as well. TikTok recognizing people like to watch videos and shop at the same time. So it is potentially a threat right now. It only comprises less than 5% of total e-commerce gross merchandise value in Southeast Asia. But mm. you can expect them to drive or try to drive that up even more. So it's going to pose competition. Um, but DBS believes C has a pretty good foothold and is the one to watch out for in terms of upside. So they are looking at better growth potential for C versus the likes of Amazon or Alibaba.
Yeah, let's take a closer look at DBS Group Research giving C Limited its vote of confidence. So DBS expects C's earnings to rise faster than Alibaba or Amazon. Imagine that. DBS uh, projecting some 27% annual growth for C between now and 2025. So that's definitely an up for Forest Lee's C Limited. Speaking of TikTok shop, have you not, have you bought anything from it? I am browsing. So once something catches my eye, I will probably use one of those new shopper vouchers to get Aww. a good discount. So it's not yet. So I, you know, I anytime I see a mic with noise cancelling capabilities that's tiny, I need to get my hands on it. Uh, lightning fast delivery, I have to say. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so I am expecting you to go shopping tonight as well. Yeah, well, maybe How many mics do you need anyways? Minutes. In an infinite amount. Good sound is important. All right, let's talk about OUE Healthcare and Healthway Medical. Ryan, up or down? I'm going up. So it is offering (laughs) OUE Healthcare. It's offering to take Healthway Medical private at 4.8 cents per share. So this is a voluntary conditional offer. And OUE Healthcare says it's looking to streamline its operations. And this... Healthway medical delisting, potential delisting, is going to be towards that. So it is, um, I guess, up for shareholders as well who want to exit at a premium. Yeah, let's look at the numbers. OUE Healthcare wants to privatize Healthway Medical, as you say. Shares of both companies jumped yesterday. OUE rose 11%. Healthway shares surged nearly 40%. Okay, let's look at the Chinese electric car maker, BYD. All right, Mm. BYD is... Going to be an up for me, and this as it looks at making headway into Chile to work with the Chilean government for supplies of lithium. So it is securing its supply chain to some extent and possibly also working with the Chilean authorities on future collaborations and maybe tapping that market as well. Interesting. Uh, yesterday, we talked about Tesla. You remember Tesla's strong production and delivery numbers. Well, BYD is doing even better along those lines. It sold more than 700,000 electric vehicles during the second quarter of the year. That's nearly double its sales from a year earlier. So that's an up for BYD in my book. By the way, another electric car maker that is doing well is Rivian. Its share price jumped 17% overnight on the back of better than expected delivery numbers. Finally, let's look at some currency. So let's look at one in particular, the Turkish Lira. Yeah, it's a down for the Turkish Lira. It's been going down for quite some time, actually. Um, It's been down, hitting record lows. And this, as the economy struggles, and this right now is seeing the Turkish Lira dropping as much as 0.4% on Monday. Mm. And now at a level of 26, around 26 per dollar. And it is getting so weak that the Turkish Central Bank has had to think about intervening in the markets by pumping in around $1 billion to support the currency. So this is possibly going to get worse if the Federal Reserve continues to hike its uh, interest rates. And there was, uh, this will, of course, put pressure on emerging markets. Yes, the Turkish lira not in good shape. The lira has lost a quarter of its value over the past three months, so definitely a down. Now, we don't talk very often about Turkey's currency here on Your Money with me, Michelle Martin, but it's worth keeping an eye on, I think, to make sure that there are no contagion effects elsewhere. 
Thank you very much. She's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.